What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells, Ryan Hallam as well. It's the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com, talking about what is going on in sports here as we're getting ready for the fantasy football playoffs this season already coming to an end in just a few weeks here. Baseball, though, talk about the hot stove. It's burning hot right there. Guys, what's going on? How you doing, Hallam? Uh, I'm trying to decide if I'm a terrible parent. Um, I'm supposed to have a band concert tonight, and my one kid is a little sick, so I kind of encouraged her to stay home, thinking maybe she would not be able to do the concert, so then I wouldn't have to go to the concert. Uh, Does she have a solo at all? No. And you know what? She's in high school now, so it's like a lot better than it was when it was in elementary school. That was just like torture, because all elementary school music teachers are going straight to heaven. But... uh yeah, I, it's just late and it's going to rain tonight and I don't really feel like I, I love seeing my kids do stuff. I don't care about watching other people's kids do stuff. And like so they're on for like 25 minutes and the concert is two hours. So that's uh, that's where my head is right now. I can't you just get to I guess you can't get to the concert late, right? Yeah, I'll probably yeah. I think she's like the second group, so I'll show up like fifteen twenty minutes late. But you have to stay to the end because you have to see them like, oh, you did so good. And then you can leave. So. Sells, what's going on with you, man? Uh, luckily, I don't have that particular problem just yet. My <laughs> kids are still, my kids aren't old enough to uh, be in band. My my eldest can be in strings next year uh, for fourth grade. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, she seems to <laughs> want to give that a try. And uh, her pops lasted all of two years playing the violin in elementary school. Um so we'll see we'll see how that goes and just how much I can put up with in the house here. Um, no, I mean, you know, just churning out baseball articles already. We got free agency has been going. I've been writing how uh, some of these big free agent signings will uh, affect fantasy baseball values and teams in real life. And we got me and Colby Conway have the uh, free agent tracker going. So, you know basically full board baseball at this this point with the winter meetings happening this week so it's kind of uh, it's kind of nuts we got i gotta keep focused on fantasy football because i'm bearing down on our buddy drew phelps for the number one seed in uh that league uh please god i hope he loses this week and then i win and then i overtake him because not only am i higher in points i also beat him head to head so i have the tiebreaker um so i'm split between football and baseball at the moment what do you guys and think? Oh, I'm sorry, how it go? I was going to say also, reminder that, that uh, Matt is not related to Drew by blood. No, by marriage. It was right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we had to just put that out there. Right? Always important to keep that out there. Yes, yes. I am not responsible for his behavior or tweets. <laughs> so on that note, the Mets, they make a wrong move not retaining DeGrom for the five-year deal or – you think that they made the right move still getting Verlander on this crazy two-year deal with the vesting third year as well? So I will say this. I've said for a couple of months that I thought Verlander was going to get a very similar deal to Scherzer, the, to what Scherzer got last year. And if you look at it, while it's not the full three years that Scherzer got, it could be a three-year deal for basically the same amount of money. So it's basically the same deal. Um I don't know. I just don't think that DeGrom, I think DeGrom was tired of the Mets. I really do. I don't think he ever felt that they could keep him healthy. Um, I think he was tired of no run support 
because if you look up the amount of wins that guy has with zero or one run allowed, it's minimal. Um, and I think he was frankly tired of paying taxes because that's why he went to Texas, a state with no state income tax. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting move from DeGrom's part because the Rangers aren't really there yet. They have some intriguing guys coming, but they're not there yet. Verlander, this is a last dash to try to get another ring, right? Like his wife probably had more to do with this because she wants her modeling career back in New York rather than Houston. Um, but I, in terms of baseball, I think it's okay. I think, look, if Verlander stays healthy, there's no doubt that it's going to be a very good one-two. The question marks are after that. You got Carrasco as the third starter. Taylor McGill was good when he was healthy. And then who knows what's happening with David Peterson as a fifth starter. Um, but in general, like there's been a lot of talk and I want to get your guys opinion. Do you think on a baseball team, which is made up of now 26 guys, that it makes a whole heap ton of sense to give a hundred plus million dollars to three dudes? Because that's what's happened now between the Rangers and the Phillies and the Mets. There's at least a hundred and one million dollars being paid to three guys on each of those teams combined. Whereas the Braves have like seven dudes for $120 million. Like I, so, I'll say at least on the Mets, when your owner is a billionaire with a B, I guess it doesn't really matter so much. Uh, they're we'll all billionaires though. How much he's willing to put out. Yeah, I think he's a, he's probably at least, I don't know the status. He's the richest owner, owner in the history. Of he sport. seems, he seems to be on a different level. Uh, back to the ground for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna do you, man. I'm gonna be like devil's advocate a little bit. So if he's tired of no run support, he went from a team on the rise, yep, getting more runs to Texas, who now doesn't score any runs. So he just went well, backwards. They yeah. scored seventy fewer runs than the Mets last year. Uh, they're not that great of an offense. So if he was tired of run support, uh, he made the wrong choice. Income tax, I can't argue with you. That's a, that's a huge, huge deal, obviously. Uh, tired of the Mets, can't keep him healthy. You know, maybe if a guy who knows he has a hard time staying healthy doesn't have to come back and throw the ball 102 miles an hour as, as many times as he possibly could. Well, he could okay, if, but maybe try to reinvent his, his pitching staff. Oh, he definitely has the stuff to not go out there and blow his arm out every time just to prove he could throw it that hard. Yeah, I will say, though, if we look at the pitchers who have left the Mets and their health since leaving the Mets and the those that stay healthy before the Mets and then they went to the Mets, like Bassett had never been on the I.L. Then he goes to the Mets, he's on the I.L. Scherzer had never felt pain in his left side in his entire 12-year baseball career and then goes to the Mets and pulls a left oblique. How does How is that their like, fault? I'm just saying there's a You're history. saying it's their fault, the Mets' fault. They, they, you're blaming random injuries on the Mets. That's what I'm saying. The Mets are cursed with injuries, man. Oh, God. Cursed jinxes. Stop. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just saying Bassett was was relatively healthy with Oakland. Then he goes to the Mets and misses time. Scherzer, well, relatively healthy with the Nats and the Dodgers. And then goes to the Mets and has an injury he's never had in his entire career. Uh, Zach Wheeler has been healthy with the Phillies. He wasn't with the Mets. Syndergaard stayed healthy for a year. Wasn't with the Mets. 
Like, I'm just saying there's a pattern that's been developing for seven years and you can't ignore it. Like, I, I don't think it was the wrong move for the Mets not to pay the guy. I think he's, what, 34 already. Give him five years, goes to he's 39, and you know he can't stay healthy. I know he's amazing, but he's I mean, proven every year he gets hurt. So to pay that guy that much money, I don't think it was the wrong move to give Verlander a boatload of money for two years and then after two years figure it out with somebody else. I, I, I don't think it's the wrong move either. I'm just yeah. saying the age, like I've seen this argument that the Mets didn't want to pay an aging DeGrom. You just signed a dude going into his age 40 season, $43 million. Yeah, but, you know, three less years. So it's 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 a smaller. Yes, but he's five years older. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot more mileage on that arm. He does. He does. Because keep I mean, in mind, DeGrom didn't come up pitching. He played shortstop in, in college. But Verlander doesn't have the injury point. history that, that DeGrom has. No. I mean. But he did have those. He did have that year or two where he that. just sucked and then all of a sudden got great again, which is always a weird. Yeah, he pitched. He's, Verlander before 2020 had pitched six innings in the last two years because he got injured in 2020 and then, you know, had Tommy John and missed all of 2021 and then came back and was ridiculous. But, yeah, and by the way, those of you that expect Verlander DeGrom to just be okay, I would caution you, I wrote this in my piece, four of the five AL West parks last year ranked in the top 14 in park factor for home run and run, okay, including two in the top five. Angel Stadium and Houston were both in the top five in terms of most runs and most home runs. None of the AL NL East parks are that high it's a much more pitcher neutral division in the nl east than it is in the ao west so keep that in mind with the i don't care about the spending if the if the owners will spend spend no salary cap if the mlb should start to have concern with the steve cohen's of the world at least put the threat in of a salary cap so they can well luxury there's a luxury tax the hell out of them reason. what there's the luxury tax for that reason and they raised it because of steve steve cohen Right, but, and that's what they're going to have to do. Well, no, what they need to do is put a salary floor in. I don't want to stop people from spending money that they want to spend. I want to encourage people or force people force. to spend, like, the flipping pirates. Like, that guy gets an insane amount of luxury tax money every year from teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and now the Mets. Um and he pockets it because you're not required as an MLB owner to spend the salary, the luxury tax money that you get, the revenue sharing, on your team. The teams are required to give it to you, but you're not required to do anything with it except pocket the, like, show receipt of the money. Okay, now they're talking about trading Brian Reynolds. That's your only good dude. What, like, what are we waiting for, Pittsburgh? He asked for that trade, right? Yeah, because the... the yeah. Pirates suck. <laughs> they have no, like, they've got some good prospects, right? Obviously, O'Neill Cruz is coming up. He was good for chunks of last year. He looks really good in winter ball this year. Um, and Brian Reynolds. But they've proven time and time again that when they bring up people, they deal them off to other teams to just get prospects to just do the same thing. Like, they're not competing when they come up. It's not like Tampa Bay who gets prospects, competes, and then doesn't sign him to the massive free agent deals, right? To give you an idea, Zach Eflin signing with Tampa Bay for $40 million is the largest free agent contract Tampa Bay has ever handed out. 
It's pretty insane. I saw that too. The Mets just gave more than that to Verlander for one year. You're one hundred percent right. There, there yeah. needs to be a floor. That's what MLB needs more than anything. Is you have to, you should have to spend this luxury tax back on the team. It's ridiculous that that's not a thing, and that's why. And and the owner is never going to sell because he's just making money hand over fist, putting uh-huh. a terrible product out there, and you know making a ton of money. Yeah, and and by the way, those of you that argue for salary caps because they work and force parity in other leagues, they actually don't. Since I was born, which is 1986, baseball has had more different championship winners than any other of the the other three major sports. Because if there's a salary cap and you're on a good team, you will take less money to stay with a good team than to go get an insane amount of money somewhere else. Look at what Tom Brady did for years in New England. Unless your name is Aaron Rodgers. Unless your name is Aaron Rush, right? <laughs> but like Breeze took less money to stay with the Saints and compete. Brady for years took way less money in New England because he knew that they were going to have a chance to compete. LeBron took some less money in the Miami days in the 2010s. Right. So like these teams, these guys that know that they're in a good situation will take less money. To win, because winning is all that matters to these guys, unless, of course, you're Aaron Rodgers. And so, thus, you get these runs in the NBA and NFL and even NHL. But, yeah, baseball has the most different winners since 1986 of any of the four major sports. It's crazy. It's crazy just, like, because everyone tries to spend in the NBA and everything. Like, these players are getting ridiculous contracts and all. Same. MLB, there's just like you those isolated teams that you know year in and year out aren't going to spend. Yeah, I mean, but they should be forced to. Like, if you're going to own a team, you should be forced to spend the money on, on... I mean, it's not like you can't say small market whatever. San Diego is in the 28th largest television market out of 30 teams in baseball. And... They're putting money in to go sign Joe Musgrove and Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado, and they're trying to get Soto and whatnot. So you're getting massive TV deals. You're not losing money in baseball. You're just not. Well, another California team in sports that continues to lose things, Ryan San Francisco 49ers. Ryan, what's going on with the 49ers, man? Brock Purdy at this point here, you've got – a great contending defense here. And it's just unfortunate because you've gone through two quarterbacks so far. And now this guy who happens to have a good game against Miami here. I mean, how are you feeling as a 49ers fan for the future of this team now that Garoppolo's done for the year with the broken foot? Well, obviously not good. Uh, not ideal. I mean, I think they were on the path for at least to square off with the Eagles for the NFC championship, which is, I mean, let's face it, squandered now. I mean, there's nothing they could do. Uh, uh, as usual, I'm tired of the internet with their 49ers rumors. Baker Mayfield is a bum. Uh, no one out there is going to help the situation. It's Brock Purdy, and we're going to go as far as he'll take us. I mean, he didn't look bad. Beat the Dolphins, uh, you know, coming off a week where he was not prepared to start and just came in, and sure, it wasn't all good. Uh, but did enough, it's going to be, you know, I think this helps Christian McCaffrey's 
fantasy value. Uh, the defense is good enough. I mean, the kid played fairly well. Uh, it's just as far as he will take us. And, you know, I think that will be to the playoffs. I think that probably will be for the division. But uh, Super Bowl hopes are, are dashed at this point. Well, you say that, but, like, the, Steelers, or the, the Niners have a history in the last several years of bringing in guys that nobody counted on to and and then succeeding like Kaepernick right took him to made a Super Bowl Bowl run with Kaepernick and nobody expected that guy to do what he did everything else after that aside just talking about on the field uh Nick Mullins came in when nobody knew what the heck he was and had a good run of games not like great although his first one I think was a perfect game like perfect quarterback rating if I remember correctly he had he had a number of good games yeah so, I don't know, Shanahan finds these guys, and with the talent they, that's around him, I'm not sure he has to do that much. Like He was a great college quarterback, too, so he started all four years. There's pedigree there. He was the last pick in the draft, but, I mean, let's be realistic. You're not, you're not going all the way. I mean, the Ravens used a real good rushing attack and a very good defense, and a guy named Trent Dilfer who was eh to go to the Super Bowl like 20 years ago now, but like the game hasn't changed that much. If you have an elite defense that stops teams from scoring, you don't need much offense. Like yeah. the look at the Patriots. They've been doing that for a year. Like, yes, there were the years where Brady was like elite and had the 50 touchdowns and whatever. But like they've been winning the last, I don't know, five, six years and putting up not great offensive numbers and they still just win because they stop other teams from scoring. So look, they're likely going to win that division. I don't think anybody beats them in that division. Okay. So you've got a ticket to the, to the tournament. Anything happens in that. Well, one thing I saw, uh, it was something on Twitter this morning. It was like, let's look at the last few 49ers wins and in the playoffs and what, you know, as much as I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, I mean the defense has been winning us games. I mean, like that that, that Green Bay game last year in the in the snow. I mean, you can't give you can't give Garoppolo any credit for that, and and you know some other wins. And the year they went to the Super Bowl, they just ran down everybody's throat. So yes, it, I guess it's, it's just, it is possible, uh, but playing the probable game, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But the defense, yeah, it's fantastic. And Tampa Bay next week, who I know they came back and won that game last night, but that offense is terrible uh the defense is strong so i think they probably win next week you never know like you said you get in we'll find out but i surely don't feel as good as i did saturday well okay but here here's a crazy stat right jimmy garoppolo in the last couple of years has had 12 games in which he hasn't thrown a touchdown the niners are 10 and 2 in those games so even with the guy that everybody's wanted starting the games and whatever the team's won 10 times when the quarterback hasn't gotten the ball in the end zone so that tells you they're winning without, in spite of the quarterback. So, you know, look, it's possible. I still have faith in them, Ryan. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that you guys are making me feel <laughs> a lot better. No, I look, yeah. man, I look, we've seen teams with really great defenses and even just average at best quarterback play be successful. That's the constant. It's what does a good defense do? Slows down the pace of a game. Team that is used to putting up 
a ton of offense in a short period of time. A great defense immediately throws that team off by pace, time of possession. That's something that's very huge here, how much the team has the ball versus not. Because what happens is throughout the game, team doesn't have their usual time of possession. They go into panic mode. They start taking chances, doing things they wouldn't normally do, going against their normal game plan because they have to change because they don't have the same opportunities they're used to. And that's why we've seen over time, at least from what I feel, these strong defenses. And I think of those Giants teams, especially that won Super Bowls because of that great defense, especially that 2017. Yeah, I mean, Eli Manning's about his average <laughs> an 18-year starter in the NFL, as you're going to find, in terms of quarterback play. So I'm with you. But, uh, Fensty, what, do you want to see Zach Wilson start a game for the Jets again this year? <laughs> not, not this year, no. no I don't understand. Right? I, I think he was – I think Sala was just full of crap when he said that. Oh, I, I, think think he's trying to, I think he's trying to weather whatever storms he can, or he's trying to pull some voodoo where he's putting some, like – extra motivation into Mike White. I don't believe it. If Mike White is going to be better, then why why go back to Zach Wilson at this point? Yeah. I mean, the team got off the bus wearing Mike bleeping white. That I didn't like. That I didn't like. I like it. I think that's taking it a little bit too far. No, it shows the team is has made their pick, the guy they want to play for, right? Like, everybody wonders, oh, Taylor Heineke has been okay in Washington, Right. But I don't know, player, man, it, I, it, that more shows to me when I see something like that, even though maybe some of the teammates are silent, that to me screams divided locker room when I see stuff like that. That's what also, that tells me. To, to me, it also says they don't want to play for Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah. you can see them playing harder. I, I've sadly watched the Jets some the past couple weeks. Well, they've I mean, been on, they've been on same, a lot. Honestly, it's same with the 49ers with Trey Lance and when Jimmy Garoppolo. When, when Garoppolo came back in, the team just seemed to play hard. I, I just think Zach Wilson is not a leader. Uh, you just think, and I, I still think he's coming back at some point just because of his draft capital. I, I could be wrong. Me and John talked about this on Sunday. But I'd be surprised if they don't give him another chance for the rest well, of the season. Where, are we talking about the Jets are winning or the Jets are losing games? Like if the Jets lose another couple games, let's just say, and they still start to fall. I mean, look, they're over 500. That's the big thing with them right now. So if they they're still lose, in the playoffs, right? If they lose their next three games, though, and they start to fall out of it, then you have a decision to make. But I, I just, if you're still competing for playoffs, this team hasn't made the playoffs since 2010. Okay, you know the longest drought of any NFL team. You go with what's working, and if that's Mike White, you go with Mike White. I agree with you. I'm just saying yeah. I, that's what I think they're going to do. I, I don't think Zach Wilson should never see the field again for them ever. Uh, but I, for some reason, I just feel like they're... I, I don't, I'd hold an open competition in training camp. I wouldn't. He's looked terrible Look, his entire Mike career. White started, what, four games last year? Yes. Zach Wilson was injured, and in three of those, he was very good. One of them was just an abomination against a very good defense, right? And he plays this week. <laughs> he plays this week, who people like to point out, oh, Zach Wilson, be okay. But A, it was an injured Josh Allen. B, the defense. Josh Allen didn't get hurt until at the end of that game. Okay. He played, but that he played was the worst possible game he could have played. That was He played the worst possible game. The Jets defense harassed the crap out of Josh Allen the entire day. He looked human for the first time all season. And Zach Wilson 
only had to put up two scoring drives. That was all it was going to take. If you get eight drives and you're scoring on two of them, you're scoring 25% of the time. Sorry, that's not enough. Like, and all you need to know is that Garrett Wilson's touchdowns this year have come with everybody but Zach Wilson. (laughs) Elijah Moore wanted a trade. Now he's fine because it's not Zach Wilson. Corey Davis looks like he can play football because it's not Zach Wilson. The running game looks like it's actually a threat because they're throwing the ball down the field and you're getting, you're not facing eight and nine man boxes because Mike White can throw the ball downfield. Zach Wilson can't, except in his pro day in shorts with nobody guarding him. <laughs> I, I'm with I'm with Mike White. Okay, I'm I'm just saying for next year. No, I, you don't have you give it you give it to Mike White. I'm sorry. Zach Wilson, done. But this so, is why, like, this let me is ask why you, GMs so you're, you're kind of a Jets fan. So I am a Jets fan. You're kind of a Jets fan. So <laughs> when, were you more of a Zach Wilson guy before he made those post-game presser com- comments, essentially absolving him of any of the blame? No, not really. Like, the guy hasn't shown me anything in a year and a half. All he, he showed kind of, me he is— He was hurt a bit last year, too. He was, but he also got hurt to— start this year so now we've got a guy who in two years has been hurt twice so he's fragile right right he doesn't like to take responsibility for things he hasn't been a leader like he just assumes this is okay for all of those wondering what happened to ceh this is a perfect example right this is like the ceh isaiah pacheco scenario in kansas city is exactly the same as mike white and zach wilson CEH has all of the talent in the world, but he thinks he earned it by being picked in the first round. Doesn't have to show anything. Can just coast and not do anything because I'm a first round pick and I earned it. Isaiah Pacheco has probably the same amount of skill. Was picked in the seventh round. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He shows up, runs hard, produces. That's why he's on the field. Zach Wilson thinks he earned it by being a number two overall pick for a team that scouted horribly and took a guy based off of a pro day that by all accounts was good, but like, you know, he made that one spectacular throw, right? But didn't do really any, if he was that good in college, why did BYU suck with, with Zach Wilson? Like it's, it's that simple. Like, why are we, why are we giving these guys chances when they prove they don't have it? Right. Like, the best thing you can do for your organization as a GM and a coach is identify when a guy doesn't have it and go away from him. The problem that teams have is they keep trying to give these first-round quarterbacks five years to prove it. Why? All you did was set yourself back three years. You know who I think when you say that, you know who the first name that comes to my mind is? Daniel Josh Jones. Freeman. Oh. Remember Josh Freeman? Wait, what yeah. were you saying, Ryan? I was saying Daniel Jones because he's actually doing decent oh, this year. But. I, Josh Freeman. I believe Josh Freeman was an 11th overall pick. Yes, he was at a K-State, my alma mater. And, and he <laughs> I watched him play man. in person he in college. We, we were watching QB competitions in Tampa between him and Josh Johnson. Yeah. That's it for, for a bit. Like, it, you're right. And look, again – if Mike White is getting them in that end zone, then that's what counts at the end of the day here. They look and like I, they have offensive weapons with Mike White, and Zach right. Wilson would rather sit there and throw negative three-yard dump-offs to 
everybody in their month. Like the the like even even if you're taking real life out of it and you're just talking fantasy, you want Mike White because your guys that you drafted are more productive with Mike White. It's that simple. He gets the scheme. He's producing. Leave him out there. Hey man, I I'm sure I could speak for all Jet fans here. You you gotta get you gotta get into the postseason this year. You just have to. It's for the Jets. It's like it's like watching for Sally's Comet or something like that. Well, like every I, seventy look, years. I would consider this to be one year ahead of schedule if the Jets made it this year. I would love to see it. Don't get me wrong. It would be fantastic. But I would consider this to be ahead of schedule based off. Sure. Like, if you looked at the wins coming into the year, right? Rich Eisen is a massive Jets fan on national sports radio, right? Before the year, he was optimistic and had the Jets winning seven games total and finishing seven and nine. They're already there and they're playing, look, Detroit's tough. The Bills are tough. Then you got the Jags. If they can come out two and one in that three-game stretch, they're sitting pretty for the for the playoffs. As long as they don't have to face Bill Belichick, then they're good. That's that's the big thing with the Jets at this point because they they they, he, they just can't they can't beat him. They can't beat him, Ryan. They can't. One day, Ryan. One day, Jets 49ers in the Super Bowl. Oh man, let's me make, up. Let's make it happen here. You know what? Let it be this year so we get a 3 nothing Super Bowl game when all <laughs> said and done. Okay? Hey, man, we could just have the Ravens-Broncos game from this week, 10-9. Mm. Oh, no, you, domination. Don't, don't put that evil on us right there. <laughs> no so more let's be dead to play anymore this year. Let's well, go to the got family flexed table. Out, so. Yeah, let's go to the family table here, guys, because, Ryan, I'm going to use my family table to bring a question to you. Okay? What's it going to take? For George Kittle to get targets on any kind of consistency, man. Because here's the deal. You can't trust really anybody at this tight end position. But he's certainly somebody that you drafted to trust. And he's just not getting thrown to. Yeah. uh, I think part of it is uh, the number of weapons they have on the field. Part of it now will be, uh, you know, a subpar quarterback or an average quarterback. Some of it is how much they run the ball. Some of it is he's a fantastic blocker. Uh, so they utilize his skills, however it is. And he has appears to have zero ego uh, and will want to do whatever he can do to help the team win. Uh, I love when he's mic'd up because he's <laughs> hilarious on top of it, but it just seems like he is a passion for the game, passion for the team, obviously, unfortunately, passion for the injured quarterback, um, but just wants to do whatever he can do to help the team win. And he did get called for a holding penalty last week, but he is a fantastic blocker. So I think, unfortunately, it's another instance of real football trumping fantasy football. Thank you, sir. What about you, Cells? What do you bring to the table? What am I bringing to the table? Uh, a plea to all beat writers to stop sucking at your job. Okay. Yes. And I'm speaking right now specifically to Nats beat writers who don't want to do anything but go back and talk about revisionist history and what-ifs and, oh, 2019 was awesome and now the team is gutted. Okay, what are we going to do? Like, there's nothing to do about it. Yes, does Trey Turner signing with the Phillies stink? 
yeah, we got to watch him play for a rival of ours for the next 11 years till he's 41 years old and you paid a speed-based shortstop $27 million a year to play till he's 41 years old. But that's besides the point. Like, yes, Bryce left. Okay. He, like, really never gave any indication he wanted to be back with the Nats. Okay. Trey Turner was traded a year and a half ago. You had time for this. You kind of knew it was coming. He said he wanted to play in Philadelphia like two months ago, so I'm not sure why it's a shock to anybody he signed there. Uh, Rendon never gave any indication he wanted to be back. Scherzer was traded as a rental. There's no way we were ever going to re-sign him. Okay, got it. We had a lot of star power. They left. The owners are cheap. Okay, but when you offer Juan Soto $450 million and he says no, Nothing you can do but trade him because you can't keep outbidding yourself. You're going to kill the trade value, okay? So let's let it go. You know what you should be doing? Focusing on the guys that are on the team. This is how you build a fan base. You tell cool stories about the guys that are there, the guys who are working to get better. How about you focus on the all-star catcher and one of the top three catchers in the league right now, K-Bear Ruiz. How about that guy? You know who we got him for? Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, okay? Got a great catcher. Josiah Gray, been a pretty solid starting pitcher. Got him for Scherzer and Turner, too. How about the guys we got in the hall for Soto? They're all going to be up in, like, two years, and then we're going to have a six-, seven-year window to compete. How about we focus on building the fan base's attention on the guys that are there instead of bemoaning the fact that free agents chose to go where they wanted to go? Yeah, Steve Cohen replaced a two-time Cy Young Award winner with a three-time Cy Young Award winner. Congrats. They're still the Mets. They don't have a farm system that can compete with the Nats. The Phillies are spending $400 million to not catch baseballs. Okay? They also have the worst farm system in baseball. The Braves. How about we focus on what the Braves are doing? Building a cohesive unit of homegrown people and signing them for cheap by avoiding Scott Boris' clients. Okay? Focus on the guys that are on the teams. Please. You know how many Nats fans are jumping ship because Trey Turner signed with the Phillies? Like, that shouldn't have anything to do with Nats fandom. Sorry, he wasn't on the team for two years. He won't be on the team again. We got him because San Diego screwed up a trade. Let's focus on the guys that are there. Are you a Brian Cashman guy? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even get, like, that was... You cannot sign Brian Cashman to a four-year extension. You 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 can't you can't do it. If if you're unsure of Boone and Brian Cashman, tie the two of them together. Boone's contract ends in 2024. Extend Cashman to 2024. Make a decision on the two faces of your franchise. Then he signs a four-year extension and then goes on MLB Network yesterday and says, "Oh, if Judge leaves, I don't know what we're gonna do, but I hope to God he doesn't leave." You gave that guy a four-year extension? <laughs> the crazy a guy who me, literally but... has won one World Series title in the 24 years he's been at the helm of the team? He doesn't get credit for 2000? I don't give him credit for the first three because those were those were sticks guys. That was He didn't build those teams, okay? Do I give him credit for 2000? Okay, maybe. So two. I'll give him two since 98. Sorry. The crazy, the crazy thing to me was that there was like the Mets signed Verlander and Trey Turner goes to the Phillies and the Yankees signed Brian Cashman. Like, why would you put that news out that day with two other teams? Right. 
and and to me that made me think that Judge was coming because why else would you re-sign the GM if Judge doesn't stay? But then I also heard that he said they've offered him several offers. So if you've offered him, given him several yeah. offers and he hasn't taken it yet, now I'm wondering maybe he doesn't come back. They they apparently Judge's camp has said he will give the Yankees the, that too. the right to, to give a final offer. I heard that too, which Unlike DeGrom the did not do. got with DeGrom, although you had like five freaking years to give him a long-term deal and you didn't. Um, but yeah, what like sign Cashman to a year-by-year basis. It's not like college coaching where you have to have the security to recruit guys or they're not going to come. Free agents don't care unless they got their money. They don't care yeah. who the GM is. If they're under contract, they're not leaving because a GM left. They may try to weasel their way out because a manager left. But, like, why are you signing Brian Cashman, a guy who has been so woefully unprepared to build a roster in the last decade, a four-year extension? Oh, my God. it was a th- That's a disaster of a move. It's so bad. While Sells continues to freak out, Ryan, what are you bringing to the family table? All right, I was, um, I'm woefully ill-prepared, as often for the family table. So this is going to be off, eh, probably not great, since it's three weeks to Christmas, and I do podcasts with two Jewish people. But I want to get the, the your guys' opinion still. I saw a tweet today, it's Die Hard a Christmas movie. Go. Yes. I'll say yes, too. I've seen it's Die Hard at a Christmas party. <laughs> right. It happens at a Christmas party. It's yeah. Even though it was released in July, I don't give a shit. The plot line of the movie is based on Christmas. It's snowing the whole time. Like, it's a Christmas movie. Nice. I didn't know if we'd get full agreement. I, I, I like it. What, like, what, when people say, like, what's a Christmas movie? They're like, it, it has to have, like, Christmas characters. I know. Like, it's a wonderful life. Uh, you know. Like, yeah. I don't think the Santa Claus has any Christmas caroling in it. And that's a Christmas movie. So, right, I, Santa? what's that? <laughs> Because it's based on Santa? <laughs> yes, but also Christmas is a big central point, just yeah. like in Die Hard. Yeah, I like... Doesn't he say Merry Christmas in it? I believe so. I think there's an F in the middle of it, but I, I believe there's some Merry Christmas yeah. in there. Bingo. Yeah, I, th- I thought for a second you were quoting Home Alone. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> no, but that is also a Christmas movie. That is definitely a Christmas movie. Yes. It's funny. You remember those you remember those talk boys that came out like where you like you could record and then you you play it and you run away and like you you prank someone that's in their rooms. You guys remember that? It was from like Home Alone 2. It was a toy that came out or whatever. Yes. I actually did what I always say is my first radio show at six years old. On one of those things. I still have the tape somewhere at home. And I just remembered, you know what the title of the first radio show was? Again, I was six years old. Meatballs and Duty Sauce. <laughs> that, Outstanding. That's, that was my first show ever. And look, look where we're at Robert, now. He's going to make it an entire segment. Yes, that's why uh, he's not listening. To <laughs> Give Matt Sells a follow at the Salesman on Twitter. Give Ryan Hallam a follow as well at Fighting Chance. Yours truly at Fenske Sports, a family that sticks together, wins together. <laughs>